Welcome to the Radio 191 FM podcast. Earlier this month, Amnesty International Aotearoa launched a petition calling on the Justice Minister to raise the age of criminal responsibility in New Zealand from 10 to at least 14 years old. Along with an increasing cohort of experts, advocates and watchdogs, Amnesty claims that the age of criminal liability is too low, especially when the international medium is between 12 and 14 years of age. At just 10 years old, a child can't smoke, drink or have their own Facebook page, yet they can be held criminally responsible for violent crimes such as murder or manslaughter. In recent years, Scotland, Pakistan and South Africa have all raised their minimum age of criminal responsibility and the Australian Capital Territory is in the process of raising its minimum age to 14, with other states and the federal government looking to follow suit. Amnesty is calling for a two-step approach, with an immediate law change to raise the age of criminal responsibility to 12, followed by an eventual move to 14 once issues within the care and protection system have been addressed. In 2019, following the UN's recommendations for countries to raise the age of criminal responsibility to at least 14, then-Justice Minister Andrew Little said the government would consider whether the current minimum age should be raised. Three years later, it has remained the same as it was then. In 2021, three people who went through the criminal court system were aged 12 or 13. Young people who come into contact with the criminal justice system are more likely to be tamariki Māori, more likely to have been victims of abuse and have neurodisabilities or traumatic brain injuries. Lisa Woods is the campaign's director of Amnesty International Aotearoa. She believes that it's neither fair nor just to be holding children criminally liable. I spoke to Lisa about some of the motivations behind Amnesty's campaign, why New Zealand is lagging behind in the youth justice space, and some of the other ways in which the government can address the more immediate harms being done within the wider criminal justice system. Here is our conversation. Kia ora, Lisa. First off, can you give us a bit of an explainer as to what the campaign is about? Uh, what are the specifics of what Amnesty is hoping to achieve? Yeah, so our campaign is calling for a raise of the criminal age of responsibility to at least 14. So when we say criminal responsibility, it essentially refers to the age in which someone can be prosecuted for a crime. And currently uh, here in Aotearoa, the minimum age is 10 years old for the most serious crimes. So obviously, you know, that's far too young and we'd like to see that raised. Why do you think it is that, because a lot of other countries around the world already have a higher age of criminal responsibility than New Zealand, why is it, can you give us any reason as to why New Zealand is so out of step with the rest of the world when it comes to the age of criminal responsibility? Yeah, that's such a good question um, and a really good one that I'd really like the minister to answer, really, because you're right. Like, we are out of step globally. Uh, countries around the world are looking to raise their age. Um, many of them already have 14. The global average is around 12. So we are out of step. And importantly, when we look at international human rights standards, they say that the age should be at least 14. And we're a signatory to the Children's Convention, and it was the committee of that convention that's said the age should be at least 14. So we have an obligation as a signatory to that convention to uphold uh, our obligations therein. So there are so many important reasons for doing this. As I understand it, Lisa, Amnesty uh, is asking for an immediate raise uh, to at least 12 and then a more gradual raise to 14 um, being the age of criminal responsibility. What, what, what's with that? Why the two-pronged approach, essentially, the two-step approach? 
Yeah, so a little bit of a background. The the criminal age of responsibility here is a little bit complex in the sense that we've got a graduated regime. So essentially, uh, the older you get, the more you can be held criminally responsible. So with our 10 and 11-year-olds, currently they can only be um, held criminally liable for murder and manslaughter. But what that means in practice is that all other offending uh, they might do is already dealt with outside of the criminal justice system. And that we know of, there hasn't actually been a, a case of murder or manslaughter for that age group since the 70s. So practically speaking, all problematic behaviour that might be considered offending is already dealt with outside of the criminal justice system. So given this, we think it's absolutely uh, achievable for the government to immediately raise the age to 12. Uh, it's a little bit different uh, for the slightly older children and young people. And one of the things we're really conscious of is that we need to make sure that whatever responses uh, occur to support uh, young people and children that offend, that they're really, that, that system is appropriate. Uh, currently, for children and young people um, who are outside of being held criminally liable, either because they're younger than 10 or it might be a 10 or 11-year-old that does offending, that doesn't at the moment mean it can be held criminally liable, that's dealt with under the care and protection system. But we know there are big problems in that system and we don't just want to channel uh, young people from one problematic system to another. Mm. So what we're saying is that immediately raise the age to 12, but before uh, doing that raise to 14, just make sure that the responses to those children and young people first are going to be effective and safe for them. So the first request as in raising the age to 12 isn't much of an ask as in the sense that it's already a de facto law. It's, it's yeah. already happening in practice, and so it should be something the government can do immediately. Hmm. Lisa, what do you make of the argument that if there aren't any consequences uh, to one's actions, then behaviour is unlikely to change? Yeah, what's really important about this change is it's not saying that there will be no consequences. There absolutely must be consequences. But the point is, is making sure that the type of interventions and accountability we're doing here is going to be fit for purpose. And, you know, one of the big reasons for wanting to change the age of criminal responsibility comes down to children and young people's brains. And there's overwhelming evidence that uh, children and young people's brains are still developing, particularly the parts that uh, regulate impulse control, decision-making, judgment. And that means it's just not appropriate um, or fair to hold them criminally liable like we would do for adults. But rather when there's problematic behaviour, we absolutely must intervene, but we must do so in a way that accounts for where their brain development is at and do that intervention that's going to be appropriate in order to ensure that it's effective. When you say, uh, you know, fit for purpose responses to, you know, youth behaviour, what what do you mean? What are some of the alternatives um, to criminal responsibility for youths who break the law that, that, that you can explain to us? Yeah, there's been um, so much mahi and thought leadership out there and there are so many options. Uh, we can be looking at um, there's restorative practices, uh, reconciliation processes um, already, what happens is family group conferences. So it's really important to note that you know, there are already processes in place that are, are supporting young people outside of the criminal justice system. Uh, so that's already happening. And we just also want to make sure, obviously, that they are fit for purpose. But there are lots of options out there. Uh, one of the things about this campaign, though, that we're saying is when we're thinking about options uh, to any offending across the criminal justice system, whatever options we put on the table 
must be consistent with human rights. Mm. And the fact of the matter is here at the moment is that criminalising young people and children under 14 is not consistent with human rights. Mm. So that shouldn't be an option. But there are definitely options that can be effective uh, in addressing what would be considered offending. Mm. Uh, in, in 2019, uh, Oranga Tamariki released a report which found that 88% of those in youth justice facilities will reoffend within 12 months of release. So if there's a far li- higher likelihood of kids reoffending, is the idea of criminalizing them counterintuitive? Is it achieving the opposite of what it, what it intends to? You know, if we want to see them succeed and stay out of the criminal justice system, we, we, we must be going a pretty, you know, ill-conceived way about it at the moment. Yeah. Look, I really agree. And the thing is, even stepping back from this specific campaign and just looking at that system and the use of youth justice residences, that's hugely problematic in many ways. You know, we know there have been issues of uh, concerning reports of self-harm, uh, problematic seclusion and, and restraint process practices. And the Children's Commissioner has called for an overhaul of youth justice residences. So I think it's really clear, actually, that uh, how we're responding in that way needs to fundamentally change. And, you know, when you're considering uh, where children and young people's brains are at and what's considered the plasticity of their brain, which is pretty much that um, the environment is having a profound impact on how their brain is developing. Now, thinking about taking a young person or child and locating them in a problematic environment like that, you can just imagine uh, the huge harm that can be doing. Hmm. So I think we absolutely need to fundamentally rethink how we're responding to uh, issues of crime and justice across the board with our young people and children, because the responses at the moment are hugely problematic. Hmm. And and is this? Do you see this as part of a wider problem? Is you know, is the age of criminal responsibility just just a small aspect of a you know a larger, more broken criminal justice system, essentially? And yeah. and if that's the case, what are some other areas of reform that Amnesty would like to see occur over the next few years? Yeah, look, absolutely. We think there is an urgent need for transformation across the criminal justice system. Uh, there are really fundamental problems, and we just see on an ongoing basis uh, reports of serious human rights issues across our prison system. But, you know, it, it can seem overwhelming when you think about transforming such a big system. But also it's really important to note that, you know, things like Anayatonane, uh you know, has set up a really good way forward there. Uh, so there's so much thinking about how we can transform the system, where we can start, and a really powerful vision for a system that I think would work for everyone and really strengthen the community. And so we we absolutely support that call for transformational change. Uh, as well as that, though, there are things that the government can be doing to reduce immediate harm, and this raising the criminal age is one of them. But it's certainly not the only one. There are a suite of other changes changes that also would be really important. You know, for example, one of them is uh, making sure that the youth court can hear all offending by children and uh, young people. At the moment, some offending is channeled through uh, to adult courts, and we don't think that's appropriate. Mm. So absolutely, um, transformational change must be, a, it must be a priority, along with measures to reduce uh, harm occurring at the moment. Mm. Mm. Well, Lisa, thank you and thank you to Amnesty for doing the amazing mahi you're doing and also thank you directly for taking the time out of, I'm sure, is a very busy schedule to uh, talk with me today. 
Hey, thank you so much. And we really encourage people to visit our website and sign the petition to support a raise in the age. But thank you so much for having me on today. No worries. Catch you later, Lisa. Thank Bye. you. This was a Radio 191 FM podcast. All of our content lives online at r1.co.nz.